hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 247sports. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 247sports. Welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Happy Thursday from the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Um, it's time to pick locks. This is what we do on Thursday mornings. We gather together a meeting of the minds, uh, some of us on a little bit more of a hot streak than others, and, uh, and we're competing against each other. The stakes yet to be determined, certainly glory, and, uh, and I'm sure some sort of bet that will be paid off next time we all gather together in person. But, gentlemen, Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli, how are we doing? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Barton? Chip, don't forget, Chip, This while this is a competition between the three of us, we are still in a, an operation to make the people money. Mm. And the syndicate continues to be up on the year, regardless of what the standings are. So if you're picking our plays, you are making money right now. You owe us money because we're making you rich. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. We, we want our, cut. You know, we want our commission. Uh, Barton makes a great point. If you have been following all of the plays um, of this of the Pick and Locks podcast here on the Twenty Four Seven Sports College Football Podcast, uh, then yes, you you have been getting winners. The standings, as you mentioned, as such, it was it was a big week for Barton Simmons. Plus four on uh, on Saturday, hitting on Clemson. Indiana at Virginia, Duke Northwestern over, and Utah minus two, a plus four day, bringing him to net plus five overall, the new leader. Tom, the leader after week one, missed on New Mexico, uh, Wake BC under, cashed because the principal plays deserve to, and uh, Arizona State, San Diego State, odd, odd game. Not what we expected at all, Tom. I, I did not miss on New Mexico. New Mexico missed on life. That, that, I don't know what the hell happened in that game, but they, they didn't do anything for three quarters. Then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they show up and scored like 24 points, but by then it was far too late to get the cover. And they lose to New Mexico State. Rivalry loss minus one on the day, but still plus two overall in second place. And as a point of order, do I still get credit for this Jacksonville State? Because we locked in on the podcast at plus 31 and a half. Well, the the line though was like what fifteen? Seventeen and a half. <laughs> I mean, uh, did wait? What what was your pick? You you were proposing a Jacksonville State plus thirty one and a half? Correct. And that, what what did they end up winning? By? That cashed, what? but they Georgia, but uh, Georgia Tech covered covered the actual the, line. yeah the actual line. I I'll let Tom I think on that the, one. I think the proper thing to do is because when we gave you the thirty-one and a half is because there was no line yet to our knowledge. Correct. And then the line we discovered it before you know the game started, and you know you won the podcast line, but you lost the real line. So the way I figure is you can just wipe not it count it at all. Not yeah, count. Yeah. Wipe that game. It's not clean. a win. It's not a loss. It's okay. just you know history. Because I, 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 I would expect that if you had seen the line open at 16 or whatever it opened at, you might have stayed away from that. Otherwise. That's true. So we will treat it like the South Florida UConn under, which was another one of my plays, and just yeah. scratch it from the record. Yeah, yep. I like that. Okay. So uh, a minus one after missing on Arkansas, and good God, that's, that's probably one of my worst misses yet. Uh, Ohio State, Oklahoma over under, also missed, but I cashed on Clemson. Minus one on the day, minus two. Overall, that's why I'm coming with a Barton Simmons pad today. Just a whole bunch when, of action. When it comes to that Oklahoma Ohio State game, I think the under is the only thing I had right about it in the slightest. <laughs> I don't mean just from a gambling perspective. I mean just from what I expected. I think getting the under right was the only thing I had right. Do uh, are, are is anybody going to throw their Ohio State Army pick or their Oklahoma Tulane pick on the locks? No. no. 
Uh, no. Yeah, those are two games that when we had to pick them for the expert picks, and of course all of our top 25 picks against the spread and straight up are available on CBSSports.com. Um, I, my, my thought was Ohio State's got a really nasty defensive line, and so I'm not going to pick Army even at 30 and a half because I don't know what they're going to be able to get going, and Army needed two fourth-quarter touchdowns to beat Buffalo last week. Uh, and... Hey, Buffalo's been they they played Minnesota tight week one. Yeah, um, Buffalo's. They, may, they Buffalo Buffalo may not be as bad as as they've been in the past. They're proven to be a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, at the very <laughs> least, they're annoying people. Uh, what about Tulane, Oklahoma? anybody anybody got any hot? Th- I saw a lot of Tulane's on the expert picks. Yeah, I just I mean I took Oklahoma, but I really don't know. I feel like Oklahoma after coming off that win last week probably in for something of a letdown. So I'm not really excited about my pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Tulane to just figure some things out offensively, just scheme their way into a few, maybe ten points, and uh, you know hold Oklahoma to 38. You know, like I don't know. It's I, I think it'll be a, it'll be an easy game for Oklahoma, and and I think Tulane could do enough offensively in that unique system to to get a couple points on the board. We've got it's it's a strange strange uh, week this week three of games some some non cons that are that are hard to read but what we have for you are the locks so uh, Barton do you want to get us started with the locks Yeah because you know you're going to me because you know I'm always going to go with the big games right like, Well and so you're the leader I, I, I feel like it's like honors on the tee box that's you know true. like that's you, yeah, you yeah. you've got the leader so you get to you get to lead us off. That's a good point. All right, so I I will in fact get us kicked off with one of the one of the big games of the weekend. Uh, I'll go to that Clemson Louisville game, mm-hmm. and I I'm gonna I'm playing Clemson. I'm playing Clemson minus three and a half. Uh, or no, is it is it down to three now? It's down to three now. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! I'll take that. <laughs> give, me, give me Clemson minus three. Uh, look, here's what it comes boils down to for me. It's a, a ton of trust in Brent Venables. It's I, I look. Clemson comes off of a game where they were really good defensively. It was a physical game. There's there's they're not in a position where there's going to be a letdown because this is ACC play. They, there's no misconception about the the threat of losing this game. They saw Lamar Jackson last year. I, I think that they're going to be ready. Yes, it's on the road. But Brent, Brent Venables has seen Lamar Jackson now. He's he'll be prepared for him. That's a defensive line that is maybe the best front. I think I, I think it is the best front four in college football. And I, I believe that Louisville, despite Lamar Jackson probably being better than last year, I think everywhere else they're not as good. They don't have the wide receiver threats they had last year. Their offensive line might be improved in the long run. But they're young. Um, their defense, not as good as last year. Look, they've almost lost to Purdue. They've messed around with North Carolina team that, that is clearly not very good. I just think this team, has you have to have a lot more pieces to really threaten Clemson. I think that defense is good enough to contain Lamar Jackson. Not saying he won't score some points. Not saying he won't get his. But I, I just think that they're you got to be a complete team to beat Clemson this year. And I'm going to keep – up. I've been high on Clemson from the summer on, and I'm going to keep on riding them. And and if you're going to give me a field goal and and, and that's it, uh, then I'm going to go ahead and, and lay those points and, and take the Tigers. Um, I am also on Clemson. Tom, do you have you want to get in on this? I'm it's it's not a lock for me, but I'm also on Clemson minus the points. My only real concern though is. I, I agree with Barton on Clemson's defensive line and against Louisville's offensive line. I just feel like Lamar Jackson is going to have to be extra Lamar Jackson for Louisville to have a chance to win this game because he's probably going to be running around for his life a lot of the night. My fear is that, you know, I mean, Louisville nearly knocked off Clemson last year in in Death Valley. The game's in Louisville this year. Last year, Clemson had Deshaun Watson. And while Kelly Bryant's been good and promising so far this year, what we've seen from the Clemson offense through two games, not white what we were accustomed to the last few years with Sean Watson under center so I worry 
that even if the Clemson defense is able to keep Lamar Jackson in check for most of the night, Lamar Jackson's still going to make a play or two at some point. And I wonder, especially after what I saw from that Clemson offense against a good Auburn defense last week, if Clemson's going to be able to, if I can trust it enough to really outscore Louisville and cover that spread, although I'm still taking Clemson, but I do have concerns. Uh, Listen, Clemson does not want to have this game be a shootout. They don't want this to be 42-36 like it was a year ago. But, and that's where I go back to a year ago with my, I am throwing Clemson on my lock pad, but um, that game, the game flow of it, I don't think can be replicated this year because Clemson went up 28-10 to in that game. They got a little bit soft, you know, got a little bit conservative, and then Lamar just started dicing them up. And it was this furious second half charge that of course ended you know with Lamar getting the ball last and James Quick getting forced out one yard short of the sticks on fourth down Um, but like that was a game that Clemson was dominating Clemson's defense was bottling Lamar up they were do they were scoring touchdowns on offense Deshaun Deshaun Watson was leading them uh, right down the field like pretty consistently and then it like it was. This is like it is going to be this Saturday. One of those Saturday night ABC. They say it's at eight o'clock, but it's not actually going to kick off until like <laughs> eight thirty Eastern time. And I remember being in that stadium, and it was just like the fans, like everybody in the building was just exhausted. And Lamar was like leading this touchdown drive after touchdown drive, and things got kind of panicky. And it was there was a little bit of like worry about lemon booty at that point, particularly given what Lamar had done to Florida State. And I just think that that kind of game flow, we're not going to see it because Clemson's offense, like I think this game is going to be tight the whole way. And when I start to match up all the different uh, you know, parts of the game, like I think that Clemson's defense is the elite unit. I think that Lamar Jackson is the elite player. But on the other side, seeing Louisville's defense allow North Carolina to get a lot of yards um, you know, spin it, spreading it out, using a little bit of the quarterback run threat. I, I think that Kelly Bryant is going to love not having Auburn's defensive line in his face uh, all day. And I think that he's going he's gonna to be able to find some stuff on tape to be able to have some success. Again, I don't think this is going to be a shootout, but when things get tight, I, I think you got to pick a winner at the three-point spread, and I think Clemson wins this game. This is a tougher game for me to pick if the spread's like even like six. Agree. But but I I just look. I guess there's always a chance Clemson. Like I don't think Clemson loses this game, and I and I guess there's always a chance they could win this game by one, and it's really a crazy game. But look, if 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 it's a field goal or if, if a field goal pushes, uh, man, uh, to me this is just an easy play, and and I understand how difficult uh, an atmosphere that's going to be, and I know Lamar Jackson can put a team on his back, but. Look, I said it in our Monday podcast, Chip. Uh, I think Brent Venables is the best coordinator in college football, uh, re- regardless offense, defense, whatever. He's going to have a game plan, and as long as they can stay focused and and and, and continue to push Louisville to score points and, and get some points on the board of their own, uh, this is to me. Uh, uh, I just I, I really like Clemson. The Cardinals can't run the ball. They've got no rushing attack outside of Lamar Jackson. Well, I, I think another fear would probably be, you know, does Clemson feed uh, eat on too many Papa John's breadsticks and get slothy? <laughs> Just drizzling garlic sauce yeah. down Dexter Lawrence's belly. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> these are these are things you can't really account for. Um, all right, so we got Clemson. Uh, Tom, what do you have? Uh, my very first pick. I'm going to South Carolina. Minus six yep. at home against. Ooh, Kentucky. that's uh, I. I was wondering if someone was going to play that one. I got this one too. That just that seems too small to me. It's I look at Kentucky and it's a team where I think the defense is solid enough across the board, but I just don't see any consistency from that Kentucky offense. And I feel like this is one of those games where, over the course of sixty minutes, Kentucky's offense just isn't going to be able to do enough to really, you know, stay on the field long enough. And it's probably going to be a game that's close in the first half, but I think the Kentucky defense is going to wear down in the second half. And then South Carolina is just kind of going to take over for the last 30 minutes. And I'm guessing this is going to be a two-score game by the time it's over. So the fact that I only have to lay less than one touchdown with the Gamecocks makes me pretty confident in this one taking South Carolina. 
Yeah, I, I think they come back from that Missouri game at home with a lot of confidence. Uh, I, think, I think South Carolina might be a good football team. I'm almost ready to say South Carolina might be a good football team. And when it comes to winning games in the SEC East, you don't even necessarily have to be a good football team to be able <laughs> to get a, those conference just, wins. Just show up. I mean, I feel <laughs> like that's that's a huge part of winning the SEC East. It's like, you know, a lot of people with work, just if you go every day, you'll probably get promoted at some point. I feel like that's what South Carolina is this year in the East. Yeah. I, I mean, am I, am I completely giving no respect to Kentucky, Barton? You you gave a ooh. So, I, I, well here yeah the, the, I gave I gave a, a chip a chip Patterson ooh because I was I actually I almost put this game among my locks and I backed off as I started to sort of write out the reasons why I liked it because it, I didn't find as many reasons as I thought I would I I really liked it obviously this is going to be a, a a really good atmosphere it's going to be at home. Uh, I liked South Carolina before the season to be a lot better than the five and a half win total that Vegas set. But I also think that this is the SEC East. And like you guys say, all you got to do is show up. And Kentucky, I don't think, is a, a lot different than South Carolina in terms of what they are capable of being. Their defense is still pro- really good and probably better than than South Carolina's defensively. South Carolina has had some, I mean, sort of circumstantial. I mean, that wasn't <clears throat> they didn't blow Missouri out. I mean, the score presented it, but I mean, Missouri still moved the ball, and um, and I think that game, the way the game played out, they're, they're you know it could it's a little closer than the score presents. Uh, this one is just look. I, if I had to, if I had to pick a side, I'd go with the side y'all are on. But I got scared in this, just thinking about look. Kentucky's going to be. They had some injuries at the offensive line. It's going to take them a little time to gel. They're going to get there. They'll get the run game figured out. Defensively, they're still really good. I just, to me, this game is going to be a lot closer than like I hear a lot of South Carolina fans like acting like they're disrespected by the by the minus six. Oh, like, that's a bad mistake. I like, yeah, the, like I like the value. I think that South Carolina is a touchdown better and I like the value of getting it at six. I just think, yeah, yeah. I, again, I would say t- if I were to play it, I'd take South Carolina, but there's, I, even as someone that has liked South Carolina, there's a little bit of a fear in, to me that, that they're getting overhyped by beating an overrated NC state team and a, a Missouri team that we don't really know anything about yet. Um, so, and Kentucky has won two games in ugly fashion, but they're just, they're going to be, that's who they're going to be all year. They're just going to, if when they win, they'll win ugly. Um, you don't, don't expect anything sexy from Kentucky this year, but you, I still think they got a chance to win a lot of games. So it's, it's just a game that scares me some. Uh, I'm glad y'all picked it just because I'm interested in see what happens, but uh, I'll sit it out. Y'all wanna y'all wanna live on the edge? I got a couple live on the edge picks. Um, all right, so I like the, living on the edge. The Vegas line at seven. I'm gonna take Klanga at home. Mississippi State plus seven with LSU coming to town. I, I don't hate that in the slightest. All these games might- have been tight. All these games have been like uh, you know two, three, five point games. Um, you know, this is with road trips coming up against Georgia and Auburn. This is like one of the biggest games of Mississippi State season. And I don't think that that's going to necessarily play into much other than the atmosphere uh, at Davis Wade Stadium. But like, uh, I like the, you know, we've got Arius Williams and Nick Fitzgerald both averaging over like seven yards per carry. And yeah, they've been beating up on Louisiana Tech and uh, Charleston Southern, but I I think that if you like Mississippi State coming into this season, I think that you like them to to be in this game and right at seven. I I just see no chance. Uh, yeah, as good as Darius Geis has been, and with the potential that yeah he's probably going to be able to get his. I mean, I'm I'm giving Todd Grantham some love and looking at that Mississippi defense to stand up at home under the lights 
in a in a hot Starkville night. I I think that they could pull off the upset, but I love the fact that I'll be able to get a touchdown on it. I'm with you. I, I've I've got it. I'm locked. I'm I'm going Mississippi State plus seven too. And I actually think I, like I'm picking them to win this game. I think Mississippi State wins this game. And I've I've actually been on this since like May or June. Like I since I've been like since I started just sort of looking at schedules, this is a game I circled and I thought there's a real opportunity here for an upset. It's a it's a night game. Cowbells will be clanging. The this the atmosphere is going to be big time. And Mississippi State, like it, LSU's look great. Don't get me wrong. And I, and I think the one there's an advantage in the sense that LSU has in two games with a new offensive coordinator, they have not had to show much at all. They've they could they could be vanilla and they could get get through with some W's. And you're going to see uh, a difficult offense to defend. Um, I, so this is going to be I, another, uh, if you're looking for just like additional plays, I, I like Mississippi state plus seven, but I also like the tease with the over in this one, because I think both teams are going to be able to score some points. Ooh. Um, so like tease it down to 45 and a half, I think, and, and take the over there. I like that play because look, I think Matt Canada is going to be able to score. I think Nick Fitzgerald is going to be able to move the ball against LSU. Their defense is is good. There's no question. But let's not overrate a, a BYU, you know, a shutout against a BYU team that scored four touchdowns in three games. <laughs> you know, one of those games being Portland State. So, I I think, in addition, LSU's got Arden Key a little banged up, a freshman at defensive at, at outside linebacker where when Arden Key's not in, and Caleb on Chasen. Those guys are going to be tested with a defense that will put a lot of pressure on edge defenders with Nick Fitzgerald. I just trust Mississippi State to figure out a way to score some points. I think that defense has improved. I watched them last week with Louisiana Tech. They got after it. Uh, I like Mississippi State to win this one. Straight up winners. I love it. I think, all right, so we're not putting a whole lot of value in Arden Key coming back because we think that ultimately it's going to take him some time. I mean, I, I, the way I phrased it this week is I think he's going to flash and he's going to make some plays, but he's going to, he's not in football shape. I wouldn't expect him to play every down. Uh, you know, he's going to, so yeah, he may have a sack. He may have a, a forced fumble. Like he may impact the game, but it's just not going to be a every play impact. And, uh, and, and I think that that's getting him fresh off of, injury and not even I don't even think he's going to be like slowed by injury I just think he's going to be he's not going to be in shape yet so that's going to be something to watch how much does he play and how much can LSU or how much can Mississippi State stay on the field offensively and just get some some long drives uh all right Tom hit me with the lock my next lock following sting in the SEC kind of taking Purdue plus seven and a half (laughs) at Missouri Man, it's, that's another interesting one. It's don't get me wrong. There's there's a part of me that's not exactly thrilled and excited about trusting Purdue as a lock yet, but it's just I look at this situation. Purdue through two weeks, the offense has played well. That it played well against Louisville. The defense, I think, you know, Jeff Brom gets a lot of attention, obviously, for what he's done in offense. But through two weeks, Purdue's defense has been pretty sturdy. Even you know, against Louisville, it held up pretty well against Lamar Jackson in that offense. And of course, last week against Ohio, it completely smothered the Bobcats offense, which, you know, it's it's Ohio. But Frank Solich's team has generally always been a pretty solid Mac team, and they did not look that good against Purdue last week. So they're going on the road, which is a concern against Missouri. But Missouri is a team that literally just fired its defensive coordinator after last week's game is a team that defensively has had clearly had problems and offensively didn't score as many points as they, they looked better than their point total last week against South Carolina. But. I just feel like getting over a touchdown with Purdue is a little too enticing for me to pass up. I'm taking the Boilermakers on the road as my lock. They're going to cover. I'm not going to call for the outright win, but I'm not going to say it's not in play either. I mean, Missouri and Purdue are two of my teams right now that I just I don't have any idea on. I don't know. I, I, I still haven't gotten... Missouri's clearly improved, but I... 
just can't get a gauge for just how legit are they. And and Missouri is just, I mean, who the hell knows? I, it's hard for me to figure them out. I mean, are they? Is, is Barry Odom really going to have this bad a defense in, in consecutive seasons? I know they just fired their DC, but is you know and and you know credit Will Muschamp for for limiting the the big plays and 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 keep you know bending but not breaking against them last week but uh yeah I'll I'll, I'll be interested in watching it um this is a tough one for me to figure out but I, I you know it'll be fun to watch that that pick play out um yeah <laughs> I don't I don't want to touch Purdue quite yet I'm just get on get on board the Brom train buddy well you listen you are the you, like other people are out here trying to say they were on it first. You were watching. No, you were I've watching Jeff Brom. <laughs> you were watching Jeff Brom when he was playing the local theater with only eighty people in attendance. You were front row, knowing all the words. You've when been on the Brom train. Yeah, he was the quarterback coach at Illinois. Is what you're referring to when there were only <laughs> eighty people in the stands for those games? Yes, I've been on the Jeff Brom trade for a long time, and I'm gladly welcoming everybody on board. But it's just it's like, don't pretend you've been here all along with me, folks. Nah, the line is behind Tom for sure, um, but I'm not quite ready yet. I'm not ready to. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not ready. Uh, does is anybody gonna make a a Gators Vols play? No. Yeah. You are? <laughs> I'm I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, before we get to uh Barton's lock, just a reminder, CBS Sports is streaming the SEC game of the week every Saturday at 3:30 this weekend. Of course, you want to check out Florida number 24 hosting number 23 Tennessee in Gainesville. Stream it for free on cbssports.com or on the CBS Sports app for tablet and phones. So if you can't get to uh, TV to watch the big CBS, pull it up on your phone, pull it up on your computer. Uh, you've got the coaches cam, you know, the all 22 camera angle that you can watch when you watch it on the desktop. Uh, and the mobile feed is great and can, is, is good for airplaying. So with that being said, Barton, what's your lock on this game? Florida. Yeah. Florida minus five. But, there's a lot of reasons why I, I, I lean Florida here. Uh, but look, here's this is a team that's had two weeks to let that Michigan taste settle in their mouth. It's a team for, you know, Jim McElwain's had plenty of time to autopsy that game and and get some things corrected. They're making some changes offensively. I think there's going to be a uh, sort of a unifying circle the wagons mentality in the swamp, not only because of what happened against Michigan, but because of the hurricane. I think there'll be a lot of good positive energy there. I think the stadium will be rocking. And I also think like, and this is, this isn't even a rhetorical question. Like I'm curious to know y'all's answer to this. What position group is would you give Tennessee an advantage over Florida? Defensive line. You think Tennessee's defensive line is better than Florida's defensive line? I think Tennessee's defensive line is better than Florida's offensive line. Okay, but let me, I'm putting it to you this other way. Like, name a position group like – Oh, okay. All right, like, yeah, yeah, like, I got like, you. Not say, like in the matchup advantage, but if they're right, lined right. up side by side. Mm. Right. Like I to me, may, you could I, you could maybe make back? a case for. You could maybe make a case. Yeah, I mean John Kelly's good. I guess you could make a running back case. You could maybe, like you could you could mount an argument for offensive line. But to me, that's probably it. I I, I actually think Felipe Franks is probably the better quarterback than Quentin Dormady. Uh, it didn't. We didn't really get a chance to see that against Michigan because he didn't really get that opportunity. But like like Goldcamp said when we talked to him, I mean he, what he threw nine passes and only one one of them was basically a miss. The other eight were like either throwaways or or good good you know good decisions, good throws. Like they were I good defensive plays. Like he he was making a good decision, a good throw, and an all world athlete in the Michigan secondary made a play. Right. Yeah. So there's there's the knock on the quarterback 
play at Florida, it probably is a little overstated at this time, just given how much they got pestered at, at, by Michigan. Uh, so I'm at a point where I just think this is going to be a spot. And plus, what like Tennessee has not given us any reason to trust them in this series. Yeah, they won last year, but that took a Herculean effort by Derek Barnett and a crazy second half for it to happen. This, to me, just... I trust Florida more in this spot and Tennessee for whatever reason, I know that that was ugly against Michigan, but, but to me, Michigan is a, is a more formidable opponent than Georgia tech and Tennessee, you know, had, had their issues against Georgia tech too. I mean, Marquez Calloway four catches away. Like if Marquez Calloway just, you know, is sick that morning, that came in close. So this is, I I just, I, I like Florida here at home five points, a win by a touchdown or more. Um, I just don't have any confidence in Tennessee yet. I, you know, here's my concern. First of all, I had to pick this game in pick six, and it made me upset that Florida State and Miami got postponed because, you know, I have to pick two big games. And the fact that that was the second biggest game of the weekend that I had to pick it made me mad. But I had to do it, and I went with Tennessee plus five and a half for a few reasons. It's it's not a pick I feel confident about in the slightest, but you know, Florida's still dealing with suspensions. And then the fact that I don't think the hurricane is something that's going to be a rallying force for Florida. I think that maybe emotionally it'll feel good, but it's just, even though they had last week off, I feel like the coaches and players had their lives completely, you know, flipped over on their heads. They had the time off, but I don't think preparing for Tennessee was what they were spending their time doing. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I think that with their lives in upheaval and just worrying about their families and their situations at home, who the hell knows what's going on with each individual player. I just have some concerns with Florida where it's really going to be fired up and ready for this game, even though it is Tennessee. So because of that, I'm going with Tennessee in the points. But again, I don't have much faith in the line either way. The one thing is, I think Felipe Franks is a better quarterback than Quentin Darmody. It's just based on what we've seen. Even though Tennessee's offense struggled for a lot of that game against Georgia Tech on, on Labor Day, at least Tennessee's offense has shown a pulse of some kind to me at so far this season, whereas Florida's offense, and I know Michigan's defense is really good, but Florida's offense just looked completely useless in that game. Well, I, I would say this, too. Like I, I, I understand that the hurricane is not a positive necessarily and just like on paper – but what I've found is even like with those distractions, and I agree, like it's not like they've been sitting here watching film for two weeks straight. Um, there's a lot going on. But I, I find like typically in these sort of extreme situations, those off the field distractions are often like really force a team like this to, to, to like zero in and like focus in even, even tighter and – I, I, I've found, and there's, there's no statistic here that I can cite, I, this is just observational, that a lot of times that, like that's, teams play well in those extreme circumstances. Um, and so that's why I kind of, not as a primary reason for picking it, but that's sort of a, a, an ingredient in there. And again, this is also some, you know, this, to your other point, this is just a little bit of faith that, that Florida is not as bad as they, they looked <laughs> offensively against Michigan. Because I don't think God, they are. I, hope I really not. don't think they are. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> if they are, it's, it's going to be a long year. Dude, did you uh, like the – it was it was interesting. We had uh, – Barton mentioned we had Thomas Goldcamp from Florida's 24-7 side on. And he was like – he wasn't putting Jim McElwain on the hot seat, but I didn't realize it had gotten that bad, Barton. Yeah, I think he said toxic. Yeah, he, he was like, we are toxic. really close to the fan base turning toxic. And once that happens, you've lost them at a place like Florida. Like, ooh. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's one thing to lose if you're fun at Florida. <laughs> but when you're when you're when you're losing and you're no fun to watch, it's like, uh, you know. I, I, I'm not surprised that it's starting to turn a little quickly there. I mean, I, I thought maybe I think 
I think once Florida keeps going, if they could pick up a couple wins here and not look as horrible as they did against Michigan, it'll turn back again pretty quick. But with just the way they looked in that loss to Michigan, it's not surprising to me at all to hear that fans might be getting a little uh, fed up there. But that's part, that's another reason why this game is fascinating because it's it isn't any it's it's pretty close to toxic at, at Tennessee too. Like there's pe- people are very close. To, I think the the fan base um, sort of vibe is very similar both Florida and Tennessee. Like they both have had relative success lately. Tennessee just won, won nine games for two straight years after a Derek Dooley era where they're pretty pretty miserable. Uh, Florida's coming off two straight SEC East titles. And yet, it's not enough for either fan base, and they're both so antsy right now. So that's why the there's a lot of pressure on this game because the loser just is 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 just going to be uncomfortable. It's just going to be awkward for the loser to to just walk back into the office on Monday. Are you saying that big win over Indiana State didn't appease the Vol <laughs> fan base? <laughs> yeah, I think they're I think they're waiting for a little more than that. <laughs> Well, this uh, this makes for a good transition. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Because, you know, say you are looking for a new position within your athletic department. Well, you could, because it's good for businesses of all sizes, you could go over to ZipRecruiter. Because with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. See, that's why ZipRecruiter is different. You don't have to worry about uh, that list in the top shelf and and having to go find candidates. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just one day. You don't have to worry about juggling emails or calls to your office from agents. Just simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. So find out today... Why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. So if you're listening and you're thinking of, and you're hiring and you need to go find these candidates, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Here's how you do it. You go to ZipRecruiter.com slash 24-7-sports. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 24-7-sports. One more time, try it for free today. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash 24-7-sports. It's cheaper than a uh, search firm. It's cheaper, way cheaper than a search firm. <laughs> uh, all right, who's got? Does anybody have a Texas USC play? Not a lock, yeah. but I feel pretty safely about USC. Uh, See, against I the spread, Texas on this. But yeah, go. Uh, what do you, What do you think on it, Tom? I just, you know, it's a, it's a big spread at least where we picked it at next for picks i don't know if it's come down at all in recent days but we we picked it at 17 and a half but i just saw i didn't want like when i was watching usc's game against stanford on saturday night i was very impressed just to be completely clear it wasn't a game where i sit there you know i i didn't want to fall for the usc is quote unquote back kind of you know talk that might come with it but they looked backish mm-hmm. they, they look the offensive line played it, it was getting its butt kicked in the first quarter by that stanford front but then it just got its act together and it pretty much pushed stanford's front around for the rest of the game usc defensive line the same same story it struggled in that first quarter then it got its act together and it definitely looked a lot better than it had in the week before against Western Michigan and in the first quarter when Bryce Love tore off a 75-yard touchdown run. Sam Darnold looked great. The receivers looked great. Deontay Burnett looks like he's going to be the next, you know, great USC receiver. Ronald Jones is Ronald Jones. <gasps> There's still talent in the linebackers and in the secondary. I just, from watching that team, you know, it, if, it, if that had been against any other Pac-12 team, I probably wouldn't have taken it too seriously. But the fact that they played that well and looked that dominant for most of the game against Stanford on Saturday night, I think USC might actually be capable of living up to the hype this year until the, you know, they lose the game they're not supposed to. But that's I don't think that's going to be this game. Texas, they had, you know, it's... I think Tom Herman's going to win. I I was a big kind of Texas hype driver going into the season saying that it was a dark horse for the playoff, and I still think it's a very talented team. But what we saw in that Maryland game is just 
all of the problems that were problems of the last few years still exist and beating the crap out of San Jose State last week hasn't done anything to really change that in my mind. So I'm not I don't think Texas is going to get blown out or dominated in this game. I just think that USC is going is going to be, you know, just a solid win. It's probably going to be really close to the spread. I hate that hook. The hook scares me. But I would not be surprised to see USC winning this game by 18 to 21 points. I think Deontay Burnett's emergence against Stanford is is big. That was one of the things that to me was really missing against Western Michigan was a a, a receiver stepping up to replace the guys they lost and 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 really being a like a an elite uh, big time outside threat and Burnett was that against Stanford. And if he's that moving forward and they've got those guys in the backfield with Stephen Carr, Ronald Jones, and they got that dude under center and Sam Darnold, they're going to be pretty tough to stop offensively. Uh, so T. Martin is, is you know, he's he's looking pretty smart right now with that crew. So I I agree USC looks really good. I took Texas, and this is not a lock for me. I'm not – Yeah, I'm not, this is – this is. Not, not, I don't think this is a lock yeah, for no, anybody. Not a lock for me. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but it's, not, but it's one of the biggest games. Out, but, yeah. But I just – yeah, I, I just think it's too many points. I think Texas is going to continue to improve. Uh, look, what's what's t- Tom Herman is 6-0 and all time against top five teams or something. Is that right? Top ten teams? Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to win he, the big games, like, and then he's like going to lose to Maryland. Not, not against his red, like outright. He wins these games. He wins up by like an average of 16 points. He's So he's going to have these guys prepared um, – It'll be an interesting game, but uh, yeah, it's just they're te- Texas is talented enough to run with these guys. Whether they do or not is just up to their mentality. And and I'll just I'll I'll bank on Tom Herman to to bail us out after that week one dud. By yeah. the way, we we had I mentioned we had to pick it at seventeen and a half in our extra picks for the site, but in real life, as we record this, it's down to fifteen and a half. Ooh. So, yeah, that that. I mean, that gets you closer to wanting to pick USC for sure. And Tom, by the way, uh, talk to our boy Jay Darren Darst. He's got you on the hook for hook 'em horns plus 17 and a half. He probably does because I probably picked it originally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Tom Herman. I'm thinking the talent disparity is not that big. And I don't know. 17 and a half seems like a lot of points for one of these uh, – High-profile clashes just doesn't feel right. Doesn't hey, if, if USC covers, I'm going to be that dude holding up the sword, leading the band after the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. So, to review uh, before we get back into the locks, uh, Barton, I've got you down for Clemson minus three, Mississippi State plus seven, Florida minus five. Tom, I've got you with South Carolina minus six, Purdue plus seven and a half. Chips got Clemson minus three, South Carolina minus six, Mississippi State plus seven. Tom. Hit me with another lock. All right. This is not going to be a surprise to anybody that pays attention to me. I'm going with an under. And the under I am choosing happens to be taking place in the Northwestern versus Bowling Green matchup this Saturday. It's one of the more exciting games of the weekend. Uh, The number's at 57, which just seems way too high to me. Yeah, exactly. That that was my response when I first saw it. I was like, wow, 57. Um, just a fun little stat. Since the start of 2015, Northwestern has played in nine games where the total, the point total, was 50 or higher. The under has come through in seven of them. Um, the the one, last time that there was a total over 50 that the over came through was last week, thanks to Duke and Daniel Jones, or Danny Football, as I've seen some Duke fo- fans calling him, I I don't expect Bowling Green's offense to have the same kind of success as Duke's. Bowling Green's offense, not quite as good or talented as Duke's. And Northwestern's offense, to me, it really struggled last week on the road. I expect it to play better this week against a bad Bowling Green team. It's just the Northwestern offense is never really in a rush to get anywhere. So I feel like this is a game where Northwestern could still score between 42 and 45 points rather easily. And the under will still come through because I don't see Bowling Green coming to score more than 10. So I, I feel like the under here is a very safe play, and I'm not too worried about it at all. Love it. Yeah, 
after watching after watching Northwestern last week, well, Frank, after watching them two weeks in a row, uh, I'm okay with I'm okay with unders indefinitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Northwestern has long been good to the under. Yeah, I, if had you told me that stat on Northwestern overs uh, at fifty plus last week, I would have one hundred percent backed off that pick. <laughs> like that's I I may have lucked into that one. Um, uh, Danny Danny football bailed me out because that guy's he's legit. Mm, 300, 100 every day, baby. He's just he's just out here getting it done. The true the true dual threat superstar in the ACC. Uh, is a Duke quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Cutcliffe said this week, he's like, oh, he's got the chance. He's starting to become a very good quarterback. Cutcliffe says he hadn't even reached his ceiling yet. Future first rounder. Yeah. He took it. He took the mantle and the belt from Clayton Thorson in that game. He did. Though I, ha- I still remain steadfast that Clayton Thorson can be a future first rounder. It just... It just won't be this year. He'll help stay for that redshirt senior year. I think he took Clayton's girlfriend too. The way he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I'm go. I've got an under that's really living on the edge. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on this train, and I, I think I might be on this train often. It's a low number, but I'm I like it. I want to I want to ha- I want to feed this exhilaration into an otherwise kind of questionable week three slate. Wisconsin BYU. Under 41. I, yeah, I don't blame the, uh, the idea at all simply because I feel like with any BYU game this season, the under is going to be a smart play. My only concern there is I wonder if Wisconsin can nearly cover that itself. Very prepared for that. Yeah, Very that would be my, that's that. my main concern. Wisconsin could put up like 38 in this game. I'll, you know what I'm saying? If it gets rolling, it could go downhill fast for BYU. Jonathan Taylor's a good running back. I'm very prepared for that. I, uh, I, think, I think that the, it well, – go ahead, Barton. Well, I, I interrupted you, so sorry. But I, I, to me, the, the only way that Wisconsin blows this out to where they cover that over is if they get some defensive scores. Because I think BYU, for all as bad as BYU's been this year, their defense is still legit. Like their defense is, is I think, a, a really good unit. So I think they'll be able to hold Wisconsin in check. It's just a matter of whether their offense can keep Wisconsin from scoring. Uh, Barton or Tom, how many how many locks do you have? Do y'all have left? Zero. I've got one left. Okay, hit me. Uh, I'm going to Laramie. Oh, uh, Wyoming at home catching two touchdowns. Is this game not in Austin? No. Oh, it is in Laramie. No. Yeah, it's on the road. Ooh, Craig Bowl. I know he didn't kill it in Week One against Iowa. But those are very similar teams. You know, one team has just got more talent than the other. It's a low-scoring game. It was that, – that's you know, th- that was a little bit strength on strength, and Iowa was just going to out-muscle them. This is a contrasting styles. You know, Oregon's going to try to be f- fast-paced, um, spread it around. Wyoming's going to be more physical. Let's see how tough you are type of ball. Look, Josh Allen was really bad – in the opening week game against Iowa. This is his chance on a big stage against a Pac-12 team to to get right. You know, he's going to be really motivated. I think they're going to be really motivated. That's going to be a great atmosphere. That's a big-time game. And and don't forget that Craig Bull is, is like – he basically invented like 1AA teams beating 1A teams. You know, he, uh, 2011 at North Dakota State, one at Kansas – 2012, one at Minnesota. 2013, one at K State. Uh, once he moved up to Wyoming, you know they beat San Diego State and, uh, and Boise State last year at home. Uh, Oregon was one and five on the road last year. They played two home games this year. They look pretty good so far. But again, we're going to see another level of of test against that Oregon secondary. That Oregon defense has got a lot of freshmen playing. Now they got to go on the road at night into a totally different environment. And again, you're talking about 14 points 
I'm not saying that Wyoming wins this game, but I think that they could keep it ugly enough, make a few big plays from Josh Allen uh, to, to keep this thing close. I, I'm going Wyoming plus 14. Mm, I love it. I love it. This is, uh, is this the game where, uh, where Josh Allen gets all of his NFL draft highlights? He better. If Josh Allen doesn't have a big-time game, like, how, how can you say he's, the, he's a first-round quarterback? If he's gonna go, if he's gonna go, zero for two, just duds against two the the only two power five teams he plays as a as a senior. Uh, that's why, and I and I think he probably will have a good game. So I don't know. We'll see. Because I I do see a uh, I do see a Thomas Graham in that backfield ready to make some plays on a bad read. Yeah, but you know Thomas Graham too. He. It, He'll make some plays, but he's also going to have make a few freshman mistakes. Um, and so, I, yeah, I just I think that there's that there, this this freshman group is not going to be perfect, and there's a bunch of freshmen playing, especially in the middle um, on the defensive line. Those guys are going to get tested. I don't know. I just like the game. I like the I like the atmosphere. I like the spot they're getting them in, and uh, I, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a good test for Oregon. Was uh was Thomas Graham a Camp Buzz player? Yeah, I thought so. Uh, I don't I don't know if I I can't remember if I mentioned him or not, but he he would have been. I mean, he was a guy we knew was probably going to start, um, you know, before the season, and you know he's he he showed up last week. Players that are making a buzz, Camp Camp Buzz, Camp Camp Buzz, Camp Camp Buzz. Talking about players that are buzzing. <laughs> thought so. <laughs> I thought he was. You did a whole Oregon bit. You rolled off like three or four Oregon freshmen. Yeah, were, all those guys all... look good. Jordan yeah. Scott, deep tackle in the middle, is playing really well. Austin Falu, who's is another true freshman. Like they got two true freshmen nose guards that are, that are been really good. And then they got Thomas Graham on the back end. Um, they got a wide receiver that's making a lot of plays. And then, you know they've got. Justin Herbert's only a sophomore, um, who's who's obviously really good. Uh, they Oregon's going to be pretty good long term. They're just, uh, but you know, I just I think there's going to be some missteps along the way. I got SMU plus nineteen against TCU. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not loving. I haven't learned my lesson from picking against TCU, but I think Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, is a good enough individual player. And that SMU team has come far enough for this little in-state group of five battle to be a little bit uh, to be a little bit of an uncomfortable win for the Horn Frogs, particularly coming off that big win in Fayetteville. What do y'all think? I mean, yeah, it's I mean, a I, lot of points that yeah. you're getting. So I'm just SMU has looked pretty decent to start the year. I'm just I'm not fully in on the. Uh, on the on the Mustang ride just yet. I I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. I don't I don't want to make it a lock though. I'm more I'm more invested in the over in that game than I am the spread. What is the over in that game? Let's see. Is it seventy two? No, it is at sixty four and a half right now. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um. Oh, speaking of over unders, have you guys? Taking a look at the Pitt Oklahoma State over under, yeah, it's really high. It's been nose diving. Is it good? Because it should be nose diving. Um, that's a that's a game where you you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of points, and I want to say maybe even the money is on the over. I don't think that's a good play. You know how many pass yards uh, Trace McSorley had last week? How like many? One ninety or something. Like yeah. he, he didn't even have two hundred. Um, that that game, I'm 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 actually thinking about. I, currently, I'm on my expert picks. I'm on um, Oklahoma State, but I'm actually really considering switching it to Pitt because I, I think that game he had one sixty four last week. Trace McSorley had one hundred sixty four yards passing. Saquon Barkley had 88 yards rushing. Uh, Pitt outgained Penn State last week in total yards. 
it, it was that game was a lot closer than the score indicated, and that was on the road in Happy Valley. This one is going to be at home. I think Pitt is a is a the type of team that can sneak up on uh, in a spot like this. Um, I'm not I'm not giving it out, but I'm very tempted to take Pitt plus the points in our in our expert picks. Switch send in that uh, that switcheroo to Jay Darren Darst. I made the switcheroo last week with uh, with Fresno State Alabama that paid off. Mm. So my, my my second my my, my late week audits are. Uh, one and zero, so maybe I'll maybe I'll get two and zero today. All right, you know, oh, go to, go, to go back to the line movement chip, uh, that number in the total has gone. It opened at sixty five, and it's gone down to sixty three and a half in the last day. But that's while fifty six percent of people are betting the over. So we got some of that reverse line movement wee, action wee. going on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys, you guys want another uh, reverse line movement that is intriguing that I actually kind of like? Yeah. Sure. How about Iowa, North Texas? It's it it opened at twenty four, down to twenty one and a half, with almost eighty percent on Iowa, mm. and Iowa after that big time win or like emotional win against rival Iowa State last week, they got North Texas this week, followed by a huge game next week against Penn State. I mean, just like a classic sandwich opportunity here for North Texas to just sneak in there, keep this thing close, you know, get out of there with a 14-point loss, and, and you know, Iowa moves on to Penn State and, and gets focused there. I mean, I, I, that this is a I – don't, I don't know enough about North Texas. I haven't watched them at all this year. I know they were really improved last year. Um, and and I would think they'll take another step forward this season. But if I just if I had even sniffed a North Texas game the first two weeks, I, I'd be pretty tempted to take this one. Mean Green, we'll have to. You're check. not on that North Texas flow. You're not paying much attention <laughs> to the Mean Green this year. Come on, man. Everybody's got to be on that. Do you need this? Do you need a pay per view package to watch the Mean Green? Do you need to have like uh, the American Sports Network di- digital <laughs> tier to be able to catch those games? Mean Green has played. They had a. They played Lamar in Week One. It's probably that probably be a little tough to find on the our good buddy the Lamar. radio dial. Then SMU <laughs> last week. All right, lost fifty four thirty two to SMU last week. So, you know, one and one. These should be primetime ABC games. <laughs> Primetime game. I got I got a sixth lock because I just got to throw a lot of action out Whoa. there. Oh, our first sixth spot. Yeah. Central Michigan at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. Give me the basketball scores. We're going over 67 and a half. Noted superstar Central Michigan quarterback Shane Morris <laughs> out here is going to be slinging it. And this Syracuse offense, after that, uh, after like a really, really disappointing performance against Middle Tennessee, I think that they'll be able to open this up. I, I think that this game is decided in the 30s for sure, and I think Syracuse is the better team. Give me like a 45-35, 42-37 kind of game uh, over 67 and a half. Time for Dino to start winning some ball games. You better that that it's time for that offense to start clicking. I said year three is the year it's supposed to happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's. I, I mean I'm not I'm not touching that. But hey, like we've been waiting five years to ride the a Shane Morris heater. You might as well jump on board now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, let's see what were some other any other lines that stood out as weird or strange as you were perusing and trying to figure out what to do? Uh, I thought, you know, it's it's not one of my locks, but I thought a line that was a little low is the, the number in Stanford, San Diego State's at 48 and a half, which I thought is too low. So I, I'm actually, I would take the over in that one simply because I feel like that's a game. Again, like I mentioned with your Wisconsin pick earlier in BYU, I feel like Stanford's capable of getting into the 40s in its own. 
in this game against San Diego State. And San Diego State's offense with Rashawn Penny and running, you know, he's he's a new name to learn, folks. But I feel like San Diego State's offense is good enough where it's going to be able to get about 17 to 20 points against Stanford. Stanford, I expect to get between 35 and 42 points. So when I see the over-unders at 48 and a half, I feel like that's that's a very solid overplay for me. And then another under I was considering for my lock, but I couldn't quite pull the trigger on it. We all know I like to stick at three. Uh, Kansas State and Vanderbilt, the numbers at 51. I feel very good about the under in that game. I uh, I felt too good about Kansas State covering that line until I saw Nashville resident Barton Simmons on the on the doors. Yeah, that I, I I'm very interested in that game. I got I got I split the baby on that one. I I got Kansas State winning and Vanderbilt covering three and a half. That's just sort of a hedge play because I could see Vanderbilt winning. I could see Kansas State winning this by 14. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I think Vanderbilt to me is, is, could be really good this year. I'm really impressed with, with Kyle Shermer, their quarterback. And that's always been something that Derek Mason hasn't had. I think they'll play really good defense. I think, obviously, Kansas State is going to play really good defense. Uh, I... I don't know what to think in this game other than that I think it will be a really good football game. Um, and uh, I, I have no problem with playing the under there. Uh, Rashad Penny, it, while Donnell Pumphrey was getting pumped up for Heisman, uh, 2,000 yards rushing, 17 touchdowns, Rashad Penny casually with 1,000 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns. Last yeah, I year. think – I think as far as NFL prospects go, Penny's a better NFL prospect than Pumphrey's going to be. I mean, he's not going to have nearly the kind of rushing totals that that Pumphrey had at San Diego State. But I think just as an overall running back, Penny's a dude to keep an eye on. Mm. Uh, you want to guys want to want to like if if you're looking for just like an an over to just put your money on and hang on tight and just just hope and ride. Pray it's going to happen. <laughs> just, just just ride. Just have a just have a have a few beers late at night and see what happens. Ole Miss, Cal, yeah. 72 points. That game is going to be – that there that may be in the 90s. Um, <laughs> I mean, Ole Miss, I'm convinced, can score on anybody. And I, that defense, I'm not convinced, can stop anybody. You know, we know what Cal can typically do. I don't know if I – I mean, I, I wouldn't play this, but I just think that could be a fun over to try to hit with 72 points. I was looking at Ole Miss minus three and a half, thinking try, thinking about taking them, but uh, shied away just because it it could get weird, and I don't want to be sweating that. I would take Ole Miss over Cal if I if I had to make a play on it, but yeah, it's it's that's that game's got a lot of weird, high weird ratio in that one. No doubt. Uh, one more that I would note that I just thought was a weird line was. How is UVA? UVA is is a ten point dog at home to UConn, one week after being a three point dog at home to Indiana. I don't I don't understand. I'm not. Some, I'm missing something on that line. Yeah, no, UVA is UVA is the favorite. They're the favorite. Oh, my bad. I misread that. Okay. So no, because you just startled the hell out of me. For I was like, wait, what? That, that <laughs> makes more sense now. That makes more sense. I jotted that down wrong. So all right, now, now I get it. But to, what is Virginia but doing, I'm, being a ten and a half point favorite over anybody? Ten and a half point favorite at home. Like, how is Virginia favored by ten in any yeah. game? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Also, uh, yeah, that that game is. I don't I don't plan on wasting my time watching that one but i'll check a box score there did y'all see the the clip of the yukon center quarterback practicing the kneeling before yukon's yes. uh, season opening win <laughs> no <laughs> the the statement that came with the clip was it's been a while gotta <laughs> get them practices in so they were they were practicing kneels yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because when else are they going to get the chance? Because I mean, <laughs> UConn's quarterbacks haven't been out here with many opportunities to kneel in the fourth quarter. This is this is a new thing, new era. Randy Edsel, baby. Oh man, 
I got. I have. Before we go, I got one more that I forgot to mention. That was my near fifth pick this week that I shied away from. Air Force Michigan over forty-seven and a half. Ooh. That's that was one that I think Air Force is going to figure out a way to score some points just because of that offense is just they're you know they they're pretty good there. Defensively, they they don't look very good. Michigan's going to get some big plays. Uh, going to hit some long balls. I think I, I kind of like that, you know, I don't know, 38 to, you know, I don't know, 17 kind of win. Does that get me over? Yeah. 38, 17 uh, gets you yeah. over. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be – that. that's one that I, I almost threw out there as one of my recommendations, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay low on I'm kind of terrified of Michigan. Just like – like the state? No. <laughs> no, just for picking. Like, as much confidence uh, as I had going into that Michigan-Florida game beating the Michigan drum, uh, I was I'm, – I'm not – I don't have the uh, – I don't, I don't have the stones to stick by them right now uh, given how erratic things can be. Like, I feel like the – we were talking about, um, you know, deceiving scoreboards. I feel like the win against Cincinnati was a deceiving scoreboard and box score. Oh yeah, they looked like butt for a lot of that game. Like entire second, third quarter, just not a very, mm-hmm. not a very good football performance. Not, not encouraging. Yeah, my my, I mean, I don't trust Michigan to cover that spread in that game. It's at twenty three and a half now. My only concern with the over is that if Michigan does have that option figured out, Air Force they can be able to score. Period. Yeah, there's a. That, Defensive line is too good, so shut, I think shutout potential there. Yeah, there there is shutout potential, and I don't know if Michigan's going to do enough scoring to overcome it on its own. So that's what kind of worries me there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh man! All right, that's uh, our books are cleaned out, the locks are out there. Uh, if as Barton mentioned, if you've been following the syndicate, you're up. Our competition continues. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli, and you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Enjoy the games. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.